Howdy friends, I am Link and I am obsessed with all things fitness, nutrition, and helping people become the most badass versions of themselves. I'm a former Division II athlete with a passion for making sure your fitness journey isn't a chore, but instead one of the best parts of your day. This podcast will be full of education and motivation so you can kick ass in the gym, kitchen, and your life. Howdy, howdy, and welcome to the Elevated Athletes Podcast. I am your host, Link, and today I have a fellow former athlete and Kutztown University alumni joining me on the show. So here I have Dr. Henrique, the owner of Headway Movement. Can you take a hot second to introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit more about you, your background, and what made you get into chiropractic care. So appreciate the introduction, Link. Um, so as you said, name's Henrique Ribeiro. You can call me Rick. Um, uh, thanks for having me on, first of all. It's always exciting to be able to give a chat. I always love seeing what goes on social media, kind of what you push, what you kind of push out there to people, not just to get strong, but to kind of stay strong and mentally do it along with the, as long as well with the physical. Um, a little bit about me. Uh, yeah, from New Jersey originally. Started playing rugby. Got the chance to play rugby at Kutztown. That's where I really got into chiropractic. Our coach was a chiropractor there. Did a great job at treating us, but never really pushing what, what it was. So it kind of left that curiosity of like, oh, shit, there's more to find out. Yeah. Um, I started working with the sports medicine team at Kutztown where I was a student athletic trainer where I got to do a lot more of the ancillary things, you know, get the bag advice ready, get the game ready, ready, and just kind of see, man, we're treating stuff, but we're not really preventing it. We're not really teaching bounce back from it. The athletes were always very passive. You guys were just pushed through a system and, it, and it's not Kutztown sports med specifically because probably one of the better sports medicine facilities, especially in the PSAC that I've been to. Um, but it just made me realize, man, how can I get into this? Cause I thought training is what I wanted. And I was like, ah, I got the chance to go to chiropractic. And we we're like, okay, now I have the chance to be on the forefront of it, get to the athletes before they end up with the trainers and now work with them to keep them active in their recovery and hope that they don't end up back on the train. Cause I'd love to look at the numbers as to how many times do athletes return back to the table. Yeah. Seriously. Because it's more of like a prehab side of things then, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Can we prehab you beforehand? And even when you get hurt, can we actually actively involve you with your rehab care? Just because this clinical standard is to do calf raises, but Hey, you like doing this calf exercise differently, or it just feels yeah. better. And let's change up to what you're doing. Let's get the athlete involved in the recovery. And that's what kind of got me to this point where I was playing rugby throughout chiropractic school also. And that's how rehab was there. Our trainers were really, really good trainers. They got you involved in what you needed to do. It was specific to what you needed. And it wasn't a, let's check off the boxes. Once the boxes are checked off, whether you're at 60 or 90%, fuck it, go do the thing. Let's and go. If, if you hurt, if you're 90% gets you hurt, come back. Now it's like, hey, let's always keep working to 100%. Because as you know, as an athlete, you're never 100%. Yeah. If you want, yeah, if you want to compete high, at a high level, you're going to be good at competing at 90 to 95%. And how can you stay there? Yeah, and it's crazy to even think about it that way. Because even I just kind of like look back on, you know, my injuries. And it's like, had I ever, like, did I ever get to 100%? Because it was kind of just like, you were pushed through, you did this like list of exercises. And then after a certain amount of weeks, they were like, okay, cool. You look like you've improved, get back on the field. And now with that in mind, I'm sure there's plenty of others out there like me as well, where I was like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Like push me back, push me back. Like I'm fine. Just tape it up, tape it up. Like I distinctly remember we were at Westchester 
And I remember running from first to second and like my foot and my ankle, like there was no flexion. Like I was literally just like chugging along, which just is like flat foot running across the field. And I'm, at, that's when it hit me. I was like, OK, this is not something's not right here. I literally can't bend my ankle because it's taped so much because my injury is that bad. Like you need to kind of pull the pull the foot off the gas a little bit here. And I think, too, of like having that perspective of, hey, you know, continue to work to 100 percent. Don't be don't be just like satisfied with 60. Keep showing up, keep going and take it that extra mile so you can come back next season and still feel good and not have like I had a lingering injury all four years. It happened my freshman year and I dealt with it my senior year. Yeah, exactly. And that's where I hope my role becomes as we start working with the sports medicine team. We start working with sports medicine docs, physical therapists, where you do your rehab, you do your aggressive rehab because they have the equipment, they have the time. And then once you're cleared from whatever your insurance pays or what you hear at your baseline as to what your coach or your training team says is what you need, then I come in and supplement it. Then I work on that 80 to 100%. Then we clear up that muddy water to actually get you to that finishing end result. Um, that's what we're hoping becomes the normal. Instead of, hey, you got back here, let's, let's get hurt again. Because to your point, some athletes are okay with being hurt. And that's why that conversation matters. In season, it's what my athletes do with my rugby athletes, the guys that I coach with the Berks County rugby team. Um, if they get hurt and it's just a sprain, I have the conversation with them. Hey, buddy, how much does a sprain bother you? Eh, would you want to play more than you want the ankle to hurt? Yeah, okay. Well, you got to take care of it afterwards then. But in the meantime, dude, this, this, and this, the key, but even keel, is it the right way to go? It's not going to hurt them long term. The mental side of playing is going to outweigh the injury. And as you know, the mental task, the mental toll of being hurt, I'd much rather have a bum ankle for a little bit and then rehab it afterwards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you're kind of giving us that opportunity, even in life after sport as well, to, you know, bridge that gap and like recognize that, hey, I mean, we're still going to get hurt in life after sport, too, like whether it be just doing something around the house or you're in the gym, whatever, they're still going to have these injuries come up. So I think being able to bridge that gap is huge. And as someone who literally I refuse to miss my monthly chiropractor appointments, like I will reschedule other things to make sure of like I need to go see him, like I need to get in there. Um, and it's definitely been an interesting journey for me when I first started going to the chiropractor. I was terrified. Like I saw the videos of where they're like dragging you across the table and they're cracking you real good. And I was like, I just, I'm good with anything else. Just don't touch my neck. I'm, I'm very scared of that. And Drew was, <laughs> he was supportive, but at the same time, he was like, you need to get over it. Like, let's go. Like you need to go to a chiropractor. And he had been going for years. So I watched him go through another one and I was like, all right, you know, I'm going to do it. I'm not thrilled right now but I'm gonna do it and now I'm still going and he is not <laughs> he hasn't gone back after his car accident um me I'm like every every four weeks I will be there you can count on that block it off in your schedule so I'm sure there's other people like me that was like a little hesitant at first with chiropractic care it's I feel like it's growing in popularity you know maybe I'm just newer to it but what are some different like misconceptions that you see in the industry and you can either go with this like specifically with athletes or just in like the the general population when it comes to chiropractic care man i have a i guess we'll go with an athletic one then more your gen pop one okay. um and once again anything i say here this is going to be my opinion no offense <laughs> to any chiropractor any of your chiropractors who do things differently um it's just what makes sense to me and from my understanding at the end of the day Everything works for somebody. Somebody's paying for a service. So 
just because it's not done my way doesn't mean it's done the wrong way. It's just doesn't make sense to me. So I don't do it. Um, so I always like to start off with that. Um, but yeah, the, one of the most common misconceptions, um, it just doesn't make sense to me. I think it's more damaging long-term is that whole misalignment concept. You know, things are out of place. Let me get you back into place. I'm a small guy. I uh, 160, 170, you know, for those who are just listening, five, six, five, seven, tiny individual working on bigger people, especially my, my, my rural people, my farmer tend to be heavier. I'm putting things back in alignment. That hole you hit when riding your tractor or riding your combine, it's going to put you quote unquote back out. So whenever people have pain, they become passive in their care. Oh, my hip hurts. So it's my chiropractor's fault. I got to get put back in. It's like, that doesn't, that doesn't make sense. We subject you to a passive approach in your health where now you're on vacation. Like I've seen this happen so many times and that's what sucks the most. You're on vacation, you hurt your back and now you bed rest the rest of your vacation. Cause you're, you're worried you're going to go further out of alignment. Like what, what are we really doing good? I get the explanation. Sometimes it's the easy way to explain to people, Hey, there's right. a little there, but you have to make sure that understanding is there because people they carry our words with a lot of weight. We can say something. I'll be like, oh, crap. Now they're going to take that to heart. Like the whole degenerative word, things like that. We don't need to be using. People take too much weight on it. So I think that misalignment thing is understand that if you're hurt, it's not because something's out of place. There might be a joint fixation, but that adjustment is just going to give you that relaxing effect around the joint. And now you're going to capitalize on it with movement and proper education as to how to do it on your own. So I think that's a big misconception. Don't be worried about, ah, I'm going to pinch a nerve because something's out. It's just, that's, it just doesn't make sense that way. And we know an adjustment, it's moving millimeters. So if my hands can feel millimeters of movement. Maybe I'm just not as hand skilled as other chiros, but I just don't, I just can't correlate that. Man, this is a millimeter off to this guy. That's pretty challenging. Yeah, that's a um, little. And I even noticed like during my pregnancy too, like I continued with, care during pregnancy too and um uh, like luckily my chiropractor he has like I think three kids at home so like he has helped his wife through it um and it was always interesting to see like how things differed from like pregnancy to like you know this normal postpartum or even pre-pregnancy and like you said like that little millimeter shift like it's it's very very minimal but it's something right and like having that bit of relief especially as a pregnant woman I got big during, I gained 50 pounds during my pregnancy. So like my body was like, what, what is happening? So there were times where I was like, I, things are out of place. Like things aren't where they belong. But is that because a baby's pushing everything out of place? Or is it because my body is not responding well to pregnancy? Like what is going on here? And it was always so comforting to go in and just be like, no, that's not, it's okay. It's not, you're not all out of whack. We're just going to do some things here and it's going to relieve the pain. And then we're going to give you some things to do on your own like he was like hey go do these stretches go do this go do that so it wasn't like oh i'm out of place i need to go to the chiropractor it was like you know i feel concerned because of i'm uneducated in that area and i need to go to someone that i trust and like you said like having where maybe you say something to try and you know explain it in a way that makes sense because your brain is going to operate differently with your background compared to mine you may say something to me and i'm gonna be like what 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 is happening so having that trust in someone, and I think that's a big thing too, not to kind of go off on a tangent here, but like seeing someone and going to get care from someone that you trust, 
Like my husband has been to multiple different chiropractors. I have only been to one, but the one that I'm with, I trust. And I know that he's not going to bullshit me. And I know he's not going to like try to tell me things that aren't real. And I get that same sense from you. And obviously I know you personally as well, but like when you're there to care for someone, it's not, I'm going to feed your head with misconceptions. I'm going to debunk that misconception that you're seeing everywhere else. And here's how we're going to fix that. So I love that. Yeah, that's exactly it. If if you're asking your provider a question and if you're not, you're fucked up. Go ask your (laughs) provider. Like call them out on any bullshitty type thing that sounds possible because I love it because I get the chance to prove why I'm right or holy crap, you found a little hole into why I might be wrong here. Let's rethink it. And then secondly, if you ask questions and they only answer and don't ask back questions, we got an issue here because they need to figure out why are you those questions why what's like you said i might answer your question but my answer really i interpreted my way but that's like that's a lovely point but you might interpret it a completely different way so i before i spit out words i need to make sure i fine tune what am i really asking where am i really getting with why are you asking is exercise necessary is it because you want me to say no it's not is it because you're afraid of a certain exercise is it because you really want to get back into an exercise like what's the reason behind X, Y, or Z. So if they're just answering questions, let's start thinking, man, do they really care about what I'm asking or are they just trying to get me moving? Things That's like that. That's a great point. Great yeah. fucking point. I love that. Um, yeah, another misconception, keep it short, just at, for athletes. Like your previous injury, it's not going to matter so much in the future. Just because you hurt your knee when you were playing college doesn't mean, like, doesn't mean you avoid that activity in your adulthood. The more you avoid it, it's not going to get any better. So specifically your tendonitis your tendinopathies mm-hmm. like those things aren't going to carry with age they kind of they, they sporadically come up and down actually less active people in childhood get more tendinopathies more tendinitis more tendon type pain so just because you had it as an athlete when you were younger doesn't mean you're set to it now a broken ankle chronic injuries of the same joint that carries throughout a little bit more we have to modify how we do things to get the brain trick to trust your body again but in terms of your tendon pains or, oh, I've had an impingement thing, don't let those things trap you as an athlete. Uh, I had impingement as a sophomore in college. I don't do any overhead anymore. Well, let's try it. Let's try yeah. to do it differently. And then next thing you know, holy shit, it'll be, it'll, be, it'll be just fine. We've had a guy who never did, never bench pressed this whole year, just avoided arm, worked with his trainer two, three times a week. One of the hardest working guys I've ever met. Within two weeks, not because of my treatment, just because I told him to do it. Now he's benching. We didn't do anything typically. We just said, hey, how about you modify how you do it? And now he's just worked his way back up to a normal bench. It's just, it wasn't anything I did. It was just telling you, dude, you'll be fine. You'll be good. Yeah. Having, again, it goes back to that trust. But then also it's like, it's crazy the the mindset hurdles that come with this kind of stuff too, right? Like I was kind of similar with my, um, so I was in a car accident and it was like a, a whole lengthy process. Like, I went to a doctor that I don't think truly cared. It was kind of just like, hey, how much money can I collect? Like, I had to go back, like, every few weeks for more injections. And I needed to get this. I needed to get that. And despite me saying, like, hey, this isn't helping. I'm I'm in more pain now than I was two weeks ago. Like, something's not right. Um, And, you know, long story short, it was years of just pain. And then finally, I go to a doctor that genuinely cares. And he's like, yeah, because your labrum's torn. Like, we need to clean some things up in your shoulder. So get the shoulder surgery. And from that previous doctor, I was still scared of doing certain movements even after I got operated on. Like, I know my shoulder is fixed. My shoulder is good now. My shoulder is stronger now than it was when I was playing ball. And I still was like upright rows 
terrified me because that was one of the most painful movements for me to do, you know, right after the car accident. And like, there were so many things I couldn't straighten my arm. That was the big joke was like, I would reach for a shelf and I know you can see, but everybody else can't. I would be like straight now before I would have this arm bent at like 90. And I'm like, why can't I straighten my arm? This is horrifying. Like, what am I going to do? And a lot of it too was like getting past that. So after surgery, going to straighten that arm above my head, I was so afraid. And I had a couple different forms of treatment. I had chiropractic care. I had, you know, my physical therapy and stuff like that. And they were like, you need to just modify things. Just slowly work your way over that hurdle. And it's just that that mindset piece. So I love that you touched on that of like, just just do it. Just try it and modify it. Lower the expectations. I think that's another thing with athletes is like, we expect everything to be either what it was when we were playing and when we were super, super active and quote unquote, the best shape of our life. And now it's like, I'm 11 months postpartum and probably in better shape now than I was at some point in my college career. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah that's exactly it. Most people learn how to be smarter as you get older. Same thing. I, when I got hurt at Kutztown playing rugby, I was out for six months. It wasn't more of a musculoskeletal thing, more of a mental thing, getting back in. And even till today, when I go for a run, I expect to run like I did when we were playing a uh, college sport. And then I run to the point I'm exhausted and I'm like, oh man, I can't do it again for another week. It's just that same thing that you're, you're always trying to figure out. Um, yeah, pain is most pain, especially from injuries, especially from accidents. It's going to be a mental thing. It's going to be a lot of mental. There's one book, A World of Hurt. I recommend anybody who's interested about learning about how pain processes and how it's more of a brain to body. Your, your, your body can interpret pain, but your brain is what's going to amplify it or turn it off. And this book really gives you that understanding as to how just because you have your wrist hurting, is it coming from mapping changes in your brain? And the longer you succumb to that pain, your brain actually changes its mapping field where that pain area might only be a quarter size, let's say, of your cortical mapping in your brain. And as you succumb to that pain, the next couple of years, you'll start to have maybe a half dollar size that's dedicated to that painful spot. So just thinking about those spots getting smaller can actually have a positive effect, proving that the mental side of pain is, is, is very prevalent. And it's for the example I use is if I punch you in your foot, it's going to hurt. You're going to be like, dude, what the fuck? Yeah. But if you thumped with that same velocity, same force, there's no pain. Huh. What did you say this book's called? A World of Hurt? A World of Hurt, a guide to classifying pain. Most of it's, most of it's taught like palatable for the average reader. There are some like nervous system things you can skip over. You can dive into deeper with just a couple Google searches. It's not like it's going to be too challenging, but it's by Melissa Kolsky or Annie O'Connor. Um, it's a great book. It's a great book. It really teaches you about the basics of pain. And if you just understand pain, mm-hmm. you're less likely to have future flare-ups of pain. It's kind of why one of my paperwork questions is, what are your, what's your education? I don't care if you graduated high school or college. I just want to know what is your education level because the more we know, the more the better we recover. And it's 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 shitty to say because I go to school to be the guy who heals people. I go to the guy to be the one who treats people, and I realize, holy shit, I'm a psychologist. I gotta get people thinking better, and that alone is gonna make people feel better. And that's 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 exactly it. A PT can do my job, a personal trainer, a good psycho psychotherapist of some sort, as long as they get you empowered and moving. We're going to do pretty well. Where I differentiate is now I'm going to help you in the acute flare up. But in terms of chronic, eh, anybody else can really do it too. That is so fucking cool. I need to read this book, number one. Yeah, but number two, one. like, 
that is just seeing how so many different things can like tie into it. And I know now years of injuries has definitely helped with this. Unfortunately, like you learn a lot from your injuries though, as you work through that pain, but like going through that fear, overcoming that fear, and then learning to live with it to an extent of like, like there's going to be flare ups here and there. You know what I mean? That may happen. And kind of like, what are your recommended like approach if that was to happen? So we can use myself as an example. I have a couple of clients that we could also use um, as like kind of a case study kind of thing. But so for me, I had a shoulder injury. I've had back injuries. I've had, you know, knees, ankles. I've partially torn ligament in my ankle. Um, all of these different injuries. Right. And then I go into pregnancy. My body shifts. My body does these crazy things as I grow a very large baby. And then I start seeing like, hey, my knee is acting up again. This is acting up. What would your recommended like direction be? Now, obviously, I know this is kind of like a quick example, so you don't have to do, be too specific here, but general guideline. Yeah, so deep, everybody goes through a light system. You know, I'm going to educate you on a movement system. And it's going to be if you hurt, I don't really care that much because I'm not treating your pain. I'm trying to get you to do your activity. If the pain goes away while you do it, awesome. But if you can do your activity and still feel pain, usually people are like, the pain will go away at some point. I can, as yeah. long as I'm doing okay. So then I go over to light system. If you hurt when you do something, three out of 10 pain, let's say your knee hurts. And you do, let's say you want to squat today. And you squat and your three out of 10 pain goes up to a five out of 10 after eight reps. And you stop and it stays at a five out of 10 pain. Okay, we're not squatting anymore. Let's modify the squat. And that's what we'll do here in the office is then we'll find out, okay, can you do an elevated heel squat and just get more quad dominant and still work that same thing? Mm-hmm. And once tolerable activity, we'll say, just do what's tolerable. But with that guiding system is, let's say that three out of five pain, that three out of 10 becomes a five out of 10. Okay, that's not good because pain lasted longer than five minutes after the activity. Okay. If you do repetitions, three out of 10 becomes five out of 10 and you stop and pain goes away, go back, go do it again. I don't care if it's uncomfortable because now we're trying to tell the brain, hey, look, it's not getting worse though. Yes, we're fighting and through that-, that discomfort. Yeah, and I told you there's no damage. And then if I have a cut, if I have a cut and it's bleeding and I start poking at it, it's gonna bleed more. There's clearly more visible shit going on. Right. If I have a scar and I poke it, it's not comfortable, but it ain't gonna bleed more. That's a good point. It's uncomfortable every single time I poke it, but it's never gonna get worse. And that's where, okay, it hurts, but you're at least getting better at doing it. Yes. And then the third one is if you do something like an isometric hold and the pain goes away, okay, now let's chase it. Let's keep doing it. So that kind of goes that light system. Where we try to find an activity that gets you to that discomfort but mitigates the pain. So now you have a feel-good movement that gets you through those flare-ups. I love this. Because yeah. not only are you, like, you're building strength in that weak area. If it's an injury, it's obviously a weaker area. So you're building strength in that specific area, but then you're also tying in the mindset side of things, and you're still, you're basically learning resilience. And you're learning now to push yourself through that discomfort. Yeah, the exercise selection isn't anything. The exercise selection isn't what matters. Like, let's be honest. There's 20 exercises that will do the same uh-huh. shit. Like, there's so many. Like, you'll be able to you're, you'll be able to pick up more abundance of exercises than myself just because my knowledge of the ex- expanse different exercises. I'm mm-hmm. just finding different exercises. I just find ones that work well for majority of people, and I'm just gonna go with those. But it's that cognitive approach. It's that teaching approach that matters the most. And that's why people are like, why do I need to do wellness? Or as you probably heard, you need to keep, do you need to go back every month? Is mm-hmm. it because you do? No, I don't think the adjustments needed every month, but the coaching is needed every month. 
Yeah. I need you to need you to get your shit checked. Make sure we're doing the right thing. And let's see what we're not doing. Let's see what we're not doing well and see how that's affecting us. Is it not affecting us? Ah, keep drinking then. Keep doing whatever it is if it's not affecting. At least we can check in with those with those flows of life and see how you're doing throughout the year. It's that accountability piece. That's exactly it. And that's why it translates to what I said, I said a couple of times now where anybody can do it. As long as they're accountable. Like you said, as long as you trust their decision making, you can't question their decision through the process. Just communicate your concerns and they should accommodate those concerns, but do not question what's going on because you're invested. You're paying the person money. Well, how would you pay somebody money to question them? It just doesn't make sense whenever you're in that setting. Yeah, definitely. And like lean in again, it goes back to that trust of like, that's the other thing too, of like, do your research on the people in your life. Like if I have someone that comes to me and I mean, I really, unfortunately haven't been asked this too many times of like, what are your certifications? Like, what are your credentials? Like normally it's, we'll use, you know, pregnancy, for example, like I'm certified in pregnancy. So I'm like, okay, I I'm pre and postnatal care. I know how to help you through this. And they're like, oh, it's not just based off your experience. It's like, no, I've been pre and postnatal certified from before I was even pregnant. I got that certification to help myself through pregnancy. So it was like, no, I, you know, I have this certification and, and kind of looking deeper of like, you know, doing the research on not only their credentials, but like, do you vibe with that person? Because I've had, you know, physical therapists where I go in and I'm like, I can't stand to fucking be near you right now. Like you were just driving me insane. But then like yeah. my chiropractor, I'm like every week, doc, where are we at? Like, I'm coming to see you, buddy. And it's the same shit every time I go. And I know what's going to happen when I go. But it's yeah. it's allowing me to have that piece of like one comfort. But then also, too, of like, that's a self-care thing for me of like, it's bit I'm busy. It allows me to get out of the house and take a little bit of time for myself and care for myself and have that wellness piece. But then number three, I know that he's going to call me out where if I go in tomorrow and say, I got back pain and I'm dealing with X, Y and Z. And he says, OK, go home and do this. And then I go back in four weeks and he's like, how are your stretches going? And I'm like, yep, haven't done a thing. He's going to be like, OK, well let's let's work on that we you came here for pain let's fix it right um so having that i think accountability piece and then tying that into the other areas of life too of like we've talked about this like numerous times personally of just like okay are you are you drinking any fucking water did you move at all today or did you sit on your ass at your desk that's probably why your back hurts a little bit today you know and addressing those smaller things that we have full control over but very quickly get thrown to the back burner do you see that a lot in your area yeah, so that's like a perfect segue from kind of if somebody told me they're having these flare-ups of pain, like just this week, I probably said it to 10 different people. If you have come in and you have two or three different issues going on, my first question is, what the fuck's going on in life? What's going on in life? Um, and something that we've talked about is that low-hanging fruit. If you're coming to me and you're asking, what's the best stretch for this, what you slept five hours the night before, <laughs> fuck off. I'm not giving you the stretch. Go to sleep. <laughs> Like, get what you need and get, get what's feasible. Or well, the question is, what supplement should I take? Do you re- are you really going to take it, one? Two, I think supplements are great. I don't take them myself, so I'm not going to go recommending them. Right. Because sleep is cheaper, and so is walking. So let's just do the easy, accessible things. And when I check in, are you going for your walks? Are you drinking your water? And are you sleeping? If you're not doing those three things, then we're in a really bad spot. And then the fourth one, which is, it's, just as important, but it's harder to enforce, is do you have a community? Community matters mm-hmm. a lot in feeling good. You have a reason to feel good. You have a reason to move, but you keep doing the thing. If you can have those four things in your life, 
you're going to live more pain-free life. But if you're not doing those four things and you're shelling out hundreds of thousands of dollars for something else, like a supplement routine or a detox crap, don't, don't do that. Save the budget, go to sleep, get some rest. Like it's simple. And if you're only setting us, you're like, Oh, I, I go to sleep for eight hours, but you're setting eight hours of time to sleep. You're not sleeping eight hours. No. And if you're, you're in bed for maybe eight. Yeah, exactly. And if you're one of those people who are like, oh, I function well off sleep, go look up, do yourself a little search on Google. There's a genetic code to the set people. There's a set gene of people who can operate on less sleep. The percent minuscule. It is minuscule. You probably have a better chance of winning the lottery than actually yeah, having two like percent or some shit like that, or six percent. I'd even be less than that. I thought it was in the like, sub ones. It like, probably the- is. Because I know, like, but once again, it was equivalent to a lottery winning. Like, it was very, very, very few. So just because you think you're one of those people, you're probably not. Go get some sleep. Like, it's just a simple thing. Sleep, water, exercise is really what, if you have multiple flare-ups, can you do those things? Are you doing those things? And are you happy? Like, this, the world of hurt will tell you, if you hang out with stressful people, you might have more pain the next day. Mm. Being around shitty people, people who are negative energy doctors you might not feel so great the next day completely irrelevant not headache oh man that person gave me a headache damn my back hurts why you were with people who are unpleasant so you're more tense you're more strained it's just more of an inflammatory environment that you don't like to be in mm. kind of how the cognitive side matters so much it's a it all comes back to that homeostasis Right. Yeah. And I know that found, that sounds like a like a real sciencey word and shit like that. But it's like if you're not drinking enough water and you're not moving your body and you're not sleeping well, your body is already in a stressed state. Now you want to add the work stress and the personal stress. And hey, you're in pain. So that's going to add some more physical stress to you. Like all of these different things you have control over before the outside starts hitting you, hitting us with different stressors. Right. That's one thing I work with my clients on is I'm like, OK, what are your stressors? Number one. We track these on a weekly basis. I want to know what the hell is going on in your life. But then two, what what out of these stressors can we control? And I even had some clients, like they give me a rating on their stress every week. I'm like, rate your internal stress and rate your external stress. Like rate how you feel like now. Like are you truly at homeostasis or are you just constantly in fight or flight mode? Or, hey, what does your external stress look like? Like did you have a really stressful week at work, but you were able to clock it out and leave it at work? and then come home and be at a good spot, great. How can we work on managing that external stress a little bit better? If you're taking it home with you, now we got to go a little bit deeper into that as well. And I think of like, just like you said, having those, and I love that you added in the community piece because that's seriously overlooked, but having people in your fucking corner changes the world. Like you're a completely different person. I know I'm a completely different person that I am now than I was like even back in college. Like I had people in my life that were not supportive and they did bring me down a lot. And then now I have people who have the utmost faith in everything that I say that I want to do. If I say I'm going to go for a walk today, I know that they're going to hold me to it, right? So having all of these different factors that can tie into it and be your be your supplement, right? Like that should be your supplement, not that greens powder or whatever, you know? Awesome. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. That's real. That's, you do, once again, you do the checking in better than myself. That's something that I can. <laughs> yourself is kind of how to hold that accountability i tend to be an asshole in the office um that's something people know from me um and i do learn from yourself about giving more grace where i'm more like if have you done it you haven't done it i don't really want to hear about it until you do it go do the damn mm-hmm. thing and then come 
instead of being like, okay, I do ask, why didn't you do it? What would make it more reasonable to do? How can I meet you? How can we meet halfway to work our way up through it? We do ask that, but two, three times comes around. I really, really kind of shut them off and be like, okay. But yeah. it's nice to hear that maybe I should check in like, hey, what's going on throughout the week? What's going on throughout the time? And then that be your supplement, man. That's that's awesome. Find your supplement. Find your supplement through human being, people who give you stuff. That's 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 beautifully put. That's awesome. We're going to fucking mic drop it right there. I love this. This whole conversation <laughs> was incredible. I'm definitely getting this book and I'm highly recommending it to everybody else because I'm so fascinated on this. So first off, thank you so much for your time. This was absolutely incredible. I love this conversation. Can you please like drop your socials, tell people where they can find you, your office location, all the goods of what you have going on in your world? So um, we actually, we're actually located in Time to Rise Fitness. It's in Shillington, uh, Reading, whichever you want to call it. If anybody's ever interested, whether checking out the gym or checking out the office itself, reach on out. You can find us on Instagram at Headway Movement. Um, you can Google Headway Movement and you'll find us online too. Our website is Headway Moves. Um, we also have, I think it's the 4th, November 3rd or 4th, whichever that Saturday is. I think it's the 4th. We'll actually have a runner's workshop here at the office. It's a free workshop. If anybody's interested in coming out to that, you come on in. We're going to go over running biomechanics, um, how to stay healthy throughout the running season, and just common neglected things throughout training. We always focus on flexibility, but what can we strengthen a little bit more? What can we work on biometrics and things like that? Um, that's going to be about an hour long. And that's pretty much it to wrap up the year. We're going to try to do a monthly workshop every month so you guys can keep up on our social media to stay tuned with that. Um, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Doing more learning, trying to trying to see how many people we can reach out to in the in the Berks area. So even if you're not in the Berks area and you have questions, just message us. I'm more than happy to get on the phone and help out any way possible. Because again, what we do in here helps, but the conversation we can have can help out even more. So feel free to reach on out. Oh yeah, I love that. Um, so I will have all of your information linked down below in the show notes. So if you have any questions for him, please, please, please reach out. Thank you again for your time and I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Mm -hmm.